Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 693 with our review of Red Rocket. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, this week, we are returning to talking about what is technically a new release, um, but also this is something that is still not quite available for everybody. Um, this is Red Rocket, the latest film from Sean Baker. Uh, it, it played this last weekend um, on the A24 screening room, um, which allowed you to have a one night only uh, digital screening of this film. So of course, what we couldn't have known at the time of recording is that the following morning, Apple would release this film for purchase on the iTunes store, and it will be available to rent on March 1st. So this film will be readily available to everybody very, very quickly. So yeah, we are going to talk about it because we had the chance to see it and uh, we prioritized it because this is what uh, we had access to this weekend. Steven, what do you think? Should we, should we have a spoiler segment for this review uh, towards think, the end? I think we should. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, people just have to hold on to this episode long enough to be able to to be able to talk about it because there's definitely some stuff that we're going to be able to talk about. Yep. Um, I will say this: I am even more sad now than I was last week uh, because you did not see palm trees and power lines. <laughs> oh yeah, I God, I should have done my due diligence just so I could because I knew I knew there would be comparisons and things worth discussing here, but yeah, I didn't do I it. Mean, we did not know this was coming. To, like, I, I think it was literally we finished our recording and then no, no, we, we did reference it in the episode. So we did know. But yeah, it was, yeah, we, yeah but we, we recorded on Wednesday last week um, and uh, we only had the weekend to watch those films. So it wasn't exactly something that we could um, go back in time and change by the time we knew that we were going to have access to Red Rocket this weekend. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think especially given my feelings in that film. <laughs> when i was forced to talk alone about it uh it was definitely interesting watching this and uh we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later but uh there's some interesting yeah. comparisons between the two of these i i am intrigued i'm i'm curious what your take on this movie was after having seen a movie that i think is very very heavy about a uh underage relationship seems wrong like illegal what is the like very illegal way to describe it S statutory um, well i guess technically yeah, in a, texas a movie with an extremely illicit illegal uh age gap yeah, between yeah. people or in no, the case uh, of red rocket yeah locally not technically illegal but in the eyes of god and fellow man <laughs> certainly should be yeah um but yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that when it come to it um yep are you are, are you where, where, where are you excited for this film uh, in general, I, I was, yeah. Um, I, I had heard a bit about it, obviously, when it uh, came out at Cannes. I loved uh, Tangerine, and I also quite liked the Florida Project. So I feel like I was pretty primed to see anything Sean Baker was doing next. Um, I, he seems like just kind of the, I, I don't know, the the poet of a group of people who would not normally be glamorized or given the empathetic treatment. That kind of seems like his bread and butter, like going into pockets of America and just kind of showcasing people as they are and not asking you to like or dislike them, but just asking you to see them. Uh, yeah. So I thought this subject matter seemed pretty, pretty great for that. At the same time, 
it wasn't one of those movies that I was wanting to race out to see either. Like, I had a chance to see this or Licorice Pizza, and I saw Licorice Pizza. Like, this wasn't the movie that I thought I definitely had to get on my radar before end of the year. But I was excited whenever I would get a chance to catch up with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm 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 not going to say I'm a huge fan of Sean Baker because I've only seen one of his films, but I, I yeah. absolutely love The Florida Project. And I'm always curious to see um, what he's going to turn out next. Red Rocket was a film that when 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 trailers first appeared for it, uh, I didn't watch them because I had no idea when I was ever going to see it. <laughs> Usually <laughs> I watch trailers for things that I'm excited to catch. And because given the state of the world, I had no idea when I would ever see that film. I kind of just ignored it. Um, but when it popped up on uh, a 24 stream streaming room, I was like, oh, hell yeah, let's grab a ticket for this and let's uh, do a review. And uh, yeah, so I, I was excited to sit down and watch it, but I didn't really know what to expect um, because I wasn't really I wasn't really following this film or the chatter around it. Uh, but I was surprised to find out uh, <laughs> the closeness between when I watched this and when I watched Palm Trees and Power Lines. Um, it, I, so I, so I, did you did you not know the the fundamental age gap aspect of it going into this movie? I I did not know that. Um, I I like I have I hadn't really listened to much conversation around the film at all, and what I you know, picked up from various podcasters offhandedly referencing things. I guess they didn't lean too heavily maybe on that part. I think they were very ambiguous about it because anybody who saw it was during an extremely limited run that wasn't even remotely close to what it was going to be for everybody else. So I feel like I didn't really, I, I, I didn't really see those comparisons outside of the joke you made at the end of, of the episode, I think, or maybe it was off air last week. Um, rep, not, yeah. The joke was referencing that we're going to see something next week. Um, but mm. yeah, so no. <laughs> no, I, I, I guess I said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what do you say, Stephen, we get into this review? Let's do it. All right. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for Red Rocket, and then we're going to come back and let you know our thoughts. You said you're never going to step a foot in Texas again. I know, this is unexpected. Oh, nothing with you is unexpected. Your last job is over 17 years ago. That's quite a gap. Well, you know, I've worked almost every day for the last 17 years. I moved back in with my wife last week. No, okay. call the cops! Really? Eight. We decided to make a run of it. I just need a place to crash for a couple of days. What's the big deal? Nike? Go fuck yourself. All right, look, I'm going to be straight with you. I'm an adult film actor. Excuse me? So why are you back, Mr. Hollywood? You're Mikey. Welcome back, dude. I'm on top of my game right now on, like, every single possible level. Physical stamina. My mind is sharp. I'm taking 5-HTP for serotonin in my brain. Yeah. With my skill and ability, there's no denying what I can do. The universe is on my side, bro. Before long, it'll be like we're still married. We are still married. I'm doing this tonight. You're probably gonna start a fire. What's your name? Everybody calls me Strawberry. You're like an extraterrestrial around here. And fuck with me. Not. I loved you. Where were you? This cute little town called None of Your Fucking Business, Texas. Hope you had a good fucking time. Now it's time to leave. I think it's cool. You just said, fuck it. I'm gonna get paid for doing the thing I love most. And as long as you're not hurting anybody, you do you, man. I'm not afraid to fight you. I don't give a... Oh. What the fuck? 
He sucker punched me. I would 100% out cardio that guy. Ah, sorry for swearing. The shit got out of control. I came this fucking close to getting shot. This fucking close. The dog's like, oh, he's a good man. I can tell by his nice energy. Your persona non grata. Life's sweet, Sophie. Life is sweet. All right, so that was the trailer for Red Rocket. Um, it is the story of a adult film actor named Mikey Saber who comes back to his, uh, I guess his hometown in Texas um, and, uh, you know, doesn't have anything with him and just needs to crash on his, I'm going to refer to him as, or her as ex-wife, even though even in the trailer it references that they're yep. still married, his estranged wife um, on her couch as he tries to figure out what he's going to do to try to get back to the life that he once had. Stephen Miller, what did you think of Red Rocket? Um, I thought Red Rocket was a pretty amazing movie, actually. I was pretty blown away. And it it is, I'm not going to say almost entirely, but very much due to Simon Rex's performance as the lead of Mikey. Um, this movie, I know we we will not spoil things and i think we'll have to agree what constitutes a spoiler and what doesn't like what are we saving for the spoil <laughs> section in in my mind anything about the setup or premise of this movie anything that happens in the first like 45 minutes roughly is okay and then the twists and turns where it goes from there maybe would be spoilers but i'm i'm open to any rules that you yeah suggest. i mean i i think we can establish he is an adult film actor yep and he uh begins to pursue a 17 year old girl i think i yeah. think that's safe safe territory okay okay so mikey and strawberry are safe to talk about yeah because that to me what is so uncanny about this movie and it's kind of similar to uh adam sandler in uncut gems is mikey is absolutely a piece of shit like he he sucks you can yeah. tell immediately that he is the kind of guy who just brings people down, he pulls them into his orbit and uses them for his own ends. You you can tell that from like the opening scene, like just the way he talks, even in the trailer, you know, he's talking about the universe is on my side, bro, there's going to be big things coming. And that that kind of mentality paired with being undeniably charismatic and charming and able to act actually woo people over it very quickly, I... I thought the performance was just unbelievably good. Like I, I hated Mikey on an objective level and I loved watching him <laughs> and the conflict between those two things is such an interesting feeling. It makes the, it makes the movie is like kind of horrifying, but it isn't, it isn't abrasive in a way that makes you like want to look away it's just this really really neat magic trick that is just a really in-depth look at a total piece of shit and understanding how he is the way he is and what he does to other people yeah um i truly like nick cage and joaquin phoenix both are very high on my list right now but i feel like simon rex I don't know if anyone else gave a performance that so immediately anchored a movie the way that he does here. Um, so there's that. 
I feel like the story is just very deftly told. I think Sean Baker doesn't look away from extreme ugliness. Um, I mean, there, Mikey is pursuing Strawberry, who is 17 in the movie. I will alleviate any concerns. The actress, Susanna San, is 26, so she was cast to look younger than she really is, just in case there's any ethical questions about the movie, how it was made, and stuff like that. Um, but this movie, it does not shy away from their quote relationship like it, it's a predatory thing he clearly has found his mark um but it then plays off showing us him flirting with her him talking her up her flirting back them developing a rapport and the the way it indicts him it makes him a terrifying person and then shows you how easily he could be beloved and charming and how easily other people might just fold to his will or not see it as as horrifying as it is. Um, just, I, I think, an incredible magic trick that Sean Baker um, creates. And I feel like the whole movie, really, there are other characters that play a big role, but I think it would be too spoilery to really dig into. But pretty much every single person in this movie that he befriends, he uses for a certain end, he has a level of intimacy with them. And then the moment it gets in the way of his enormous ego and his idea of what his future should be, he he makes them worse and discards them. And that behavior is just very, very, very interesting to me. And there are filmmakers like Alex Ross Perry or Noah Baumbach or something who could make a movie about a guy like this. And I would find it uncomfortable and abrasive and my brain would like it, but my heart would be like, yeah not for me, you know, I get it, but no. Um, I, I'm just blown away that Sean Baker made a movie that is this unlikable and this lovable at the same time, and I still can't really understand why it works so well. So what did you think? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it would be... I would be lying if Simon Rex didn't, like, 100% win me over with his performance. Um, I mean, you talked about, like great performers uh like nick cage and joaquin phoenix but like to my mind like the best comparison i can think of is jim cummings like mm -hmm. he has that fast pace throw everything at you talk real fast but be incredibly charming he he has that down to a t and like I'm, I'm i'm trying to think of like they could exist in in a movie together if it would just be too much or if it would be the perfect combination of two different things um but but yeah i, I was i was watching this and i i I think if I could watch this film in a vacuum, I would just 100% love it. Um, part of the back of my mind is like, dude, you just talked about how weird and uncomfortable Palm Trees and Power Lines was last week. How can you like this film? And I think I spent a lot of this film trying to have that conversation with myself in my mm -hmm. head. Why does this film not make me so uncomfortable? Um, and, and, and part of it is just the tone of this film is so in this like Simon Rex's character is a piece of shit and he's he's not just a piece of shit he is an asshole who is an asshole on purpose like he is somebody who 
says the thing he doesn't have to because he wants to burn that bridge or he wants somebody to know that he got not got one over on them but but yeah sometimes got one over like what I, I laughed out loud there's a scene i'll say it completely out of context where he just says thanks for the, all the free donuts miss fan and i laughed so hard because <laughs> like that he didn't have to say that right he just wanted to be a dick and uh, and like let her know that he's had free donuts. He probably wasn't even eating free donuts. He just wants her to think that he was because he wasn't yeah. supposed to. And it's like things like that. And, and that's like the mild version of it, right? There's plenty of moments in this film where he, you know, he could just do whatever he wants, but instead he wants somebody to know that he is a piece of shit and that he's going to be an asshole to them. And, and that's sort of like unredeemable. But at the same time, you just can't not watch this guy. And the worse he gets somehow the more likable he becomes like, like it's, and, and it's not celebrating who he is or what he's doing to the people around him. It's just entertaining and to watch him do that. And it's like, I, I just kept watching this film going like, man, why do I like this so much? Why is it so funny? And this film takes quite literally takes some huge swerves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that like, just like, I, I, I literally was like, what am I watching? And it just, it's just amazing the ebbs and flows this film goes through. And, you know, like, like this, at, at, it's almost like this, this, you know, the strawberry character is, is something that he is inhabiting. But there's so much this film that is not that, even though the film becomes more and more about that as it yep. goes on, it's also more than that. It's so, so I think when I compare it to Palm Trees and Power Lines, it is not just this, predatory relationship which is the only thing you are watching you are also watching all this other stuff which is shining a light on what's bad about it or what is uh, sloppy about it or what is whatever about it as opposed to the other film where it's like just this creepy these creepy and also the the these these sex scenes <laughs> um in this film are often shot comedically like with like mm -hmm. the, the, the zoom like stuff going on, like they're shot like a episode of the office. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, there are things this film's doing where it's trying to lighten the, the reality of what's going on to play in this, in this space, as opposed to being this very, very somber look at this, like weird lingering shot of this underage girl's body as this, man looks at her like that isn't in this film it is not looking at it this is a story that is about the guy and about everything else he's going on and how he uses the people around him and i'm never rooting for him there's one time where i'm like why didn't you just not do this scene <laughs> not like mm -hmm. not about the film but about the character like why did you just why did you just open your stupid mouth um like there's moments like that but but i'm never yeah. really rooting for him to for it all to work out for him i'm just entertained as i watch him go through his beat to beat moments yeah i i think jim cummings is a really really great comparison point especially for a movie that neither of us liked that much the beta test yeah. uh, that was kind of him turning his charisma and turning that dial into the kind of the fakeness of a hollywood agent and kind of double talk and how you kind of filibuster your way through another person's will and yeah. i feel like that is very much what uh the quote hollywood persona uh, that simon rex is playing here is doing too like 
Like you take his interactions with Strawberry, you know, he he's made his mark. He knows I am attracted to the girl at the donut shop. I'm going to win her over. And it is pretty much incessant, you know, like he chips away, he chips away. And then the moment he gets an in, it has to be, what about your boyfriend? Hey, we talked about this already. We talked about this. This is how it has to be. Like the, this like overpowering, like, no, this was your idea. You did this already. You, yeah. I am just being a, an instrument for you to achieve your best self. And that kind of, the it, delusion of grandeur, like whether or not he believes it, he manifests as if he believed it. It's like he doesn't, he's being an asshole, but he also thinks he is God. Like it, th- that is yeah. kind of the delusion of this character. But but it's like, even if that exact same scene um, would have happened in the worst person in the world, it, it would have made me so mad. <laughs> right. Mm. But in this, for some reason, I'm just laughing. Like there's a line where he's telling somebody to Google to Google him. So good. God. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to go into spoilers for, for yeah. some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll talk all about that stuff because I yeah, think yeah. all of that is just brilliantly done. And again, di- <laughs> disturbing. That's the thing. This movie. I think when this movie first hit the festival scene and people were talking about it. Um, so there was discourse around licorice pizza about an age gap in it because it's about a 20 something year old woman who is flirtatiously hanging out with a 15 year old. And like, it it is very chaste. It's like a very tame movie, but there was some discourse around like, Ooh, why are people, people are being creepy. Like, why are they not acknowledging that this is wrong? Yeah. And then there was kind of a secondary discourse that was like, how are any of you saying this when Red Rocket is a movie that exists? Yeah. And people were describing it as if Red Rocket were like charming and heartfelt and that that was incongruous because it's so disgusting. And I feel like Red Rocket is like, no one can watch it and not feel disgusted and also engrossed in the charisma of it. And I think it's the combination that you can't separate. Yeah. And that is what makes this such an interesting like film because it manages to do both in a way that is not, it isn't one of those things where your brain says this is gross and your heart is just in love with it. It like it, it wraps it all together. And I find it very, it, I, I just think it's very impressive and different from the other Sean Baker movies. It's like, a, I don't think we can talk surface level similarities. And obviously as a director, there are things he does multiple times and we can get into that in spoilers. Um, but I think in terms of what this movie is setting out to do, it is so different from the kind of humanist portrait that like Florida project was doing. Yeah. And I just find it, I eat it up. I, I don't know if you heard much about uh, Simon Rex's how he got involved in this movie and what his history was before uh, it. I mean, just a little, if you watch the after part of the A24 screening room thing about his MTV VJ days. <laughs> okay, yeah, I didn't watch that. So I, I don't okay. know if he tells this, uh, this anecdote or not. Uh, but in a variety piece that I saw like a few weeks ago, he was doing a roundtable with other actors. It was Andrew Garfield, Nick Cage... Jonathan Majors. Uh, so it was like a bunch of people who had done big performances last year. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
and they were asking how he got the job. And he basically describes, so he hadn't really been working in the film industry for a long time, you know, probably 10 years, maybe a couple bit parts here and there, but he had his heyday back in like scary movie or whatever. And then he was dirt nasty rapping with <laughs> Andy Milanakis for a while. And then he kind of just disappeared. Yeah. Um, and then he describes that uh, in July of 2020, he got a call out of the blue from a mutual friend with Sean Baker who said like, hey, can I give Sean Baker a phone number? He wants to talk to you about something. And Sean Baker basically called him and said like, I need you to cold read a monologue, send me a video. And he like read a monologue and sent it five minutes later. And then in three days, he was shooting this movie. Like he just flew out and became this character with yep. no prep, like no anything. <laughs> um, and I, I just find that so amazing. Like this was just in his heart <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, it is pretty incredible to like yeah. just pull this out that quickly. Like just, and also it, I, I think that's that actually one thing he said in the video is um, he couldn't even fly out because then he'd have to quarantine. So he drove mm -hmm. to Texas to shoot this. Yeah. Three days. Right. <laughs> yeah. And another thing that I don't know if he said it already in the after video, but um before his fame, you know, being in Scary Movie and that Amanda Bynes movie and a couple other things, he did do a few solo masturbation videos to make money when he was like in his early 20s. Um, <laughs> he did so not I do say think, that. Yeah, yeah, he did. So this is uh, another one of those cases where I think Sean Baker is like trying to pull something real from a person's life to, uh, to yeah. tap into a character. Yeah, well, if he's going to pull something real... Sean Baker can too. Yeah, exactly. And it makes me think he was pulling something real now that I, now that I think about it. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, <laughs> on that note, um, is there any, are there any more things that we can talk about in the non-spoiler section um, that we can hit before we do this transition? I can't explain it in the non-spoiler section, but the only doc against this movie for me, the only doc is I think there is a the last like 15 minutes of the movie it takes another kind of swerve and i don't know if that swerve works for me or at least i don't think it had to be there for the movie to get its point across uh, love love the closing minute or two but just the broader arc that it takes but we'll we'll talk about that i just i can't give only unreserved praise i do think it uh you know the script toward the end d does some things that it doesn't really have to do yeah, I, I, I think that gets to my comment I made earlier about like, dude, just don't open your mouth. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, well, we are going to have a nice little spoiler section a little bit. But for now, Stephen, let's get to our recommendations for this film. If you're going to give us a must see, recommend with the caveat, wait for it until pass the caveat or a must avoid. What would you give it? It's easy must see. Um, I thought this movie was incredible. If I had caught it a few weeks ago, it not only would have made my top 10, I'm pretty certain it would have made my top like five at least. Um, I, I just thought this was an incredibly well-made movie and the performance at the center is just so outrageously good. Uh, so yeah, I the highest praise. I think this movie is great. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll give it a must-see as well. Um, I think my feelings are a little bit more complicated on the film, but not because of this film, but because it's pairing with other films. Um, so if this and Palm Trees and Power Lines had, had come out back then, given the way I set up my list, maybe it could have got there. <laughs> 
but in general, I probably wouldn't have put it up there on, on my list. Uh, but enjoyed it immensely, laughed out loud to myself a lot. And yeah, had way more fun of a time than I, in some ways, I think I should have. <laughs> but I mean, it's designed exactly for you to have this much fun. And maybe that's the whole point. Um, but uh, yeah, that's going to do it for the non-spoiler part of this review. Stephen, if people aren't going to stick for spoilers, where can they find you throughout the week? Uh, people can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com or this house that I bought for my mom. Uh, people can find me at ChristopherRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from uh, a track selected from Artist.io. I don't know what that track is yet. We're not listening to it, but you are listening to it. So check the show notes if you want to know what the track is. And uh, yeah, music that music right now is going to fade up. And when that music fades out, we're going to be in full-blown spoilers. So here we go. We'll see you in a sec. All right, we are back. This is spoiler territory. It's the after part of a review of Red Rocket. We are talking full-blown spoilers. Um, but before we get started, there is one question I do want to ask you, Stephen, um, based on stuff we were hinting around earlier on. Um, and here's this. This is the question for you. Do you think he is genuinely uh, attracted to her for him, for his sake? Uh uh, interpersonally or purely as his waypoint back into the porn industry. Like if he isn't coming up with this plan to relaunch his career with her as his main uh, gal <laughs> in, in, in the program, if, if like he was swore off porn forever, do you think he would still have chosen her and still like pursued her and still tried to, and this is not about justifying the actions at all. I just, I just, I want to, do you think he genuinely was interested in her or just saw her as a mark um, to help right. relaunch his career? I, I think it is a big question, and it's one I think the movie is ambiguous about. But my answer would be Mikey has blurred to the point where everything about his personal desires is a grand scheme of how he can get ahead. Like, he believes yeah. that is just his whole life. You know, he's gonna he's going to... Hit, hit the jackpot right so i think from the moment he sees her this whole plan unfolds of how he is going to get her to come to hollywood with him and everything beyond that is him motivated reasoning plus persuading her to quote want to do the thing he already decided she'll want to do yeah now at the root of that like what is the thing that convinced him that she would fall for it it could just be basic lust, right? Like it, it, it might be that he still is just as obvious and selfish as you would think. But yeah. I do think he's just so, his delusions of grandeur are big enough that he can't just want something. Him wanting it has to be like a sign from the universe. 
So I, yeah. I feel like it's all of it at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just something I think about when I when I think about like, does he feel like he's getting away with like the way he approaches her the first time he sees her in the bar is is it's it's like I don't even buy that as actual hit like it, it's it's so performative and so <laughs> it's it's charming for the watcher. She plays into it as though it's charming for her, but it feels so false that it, there's just a way where it's like I, I feel like the way he he he's not like when he's at the table with his wife and his wife's mom eating donuts and he's looking over at her, it doesn't feel lusty. It feels like gears are turning in his head yeah. and he's like, huh, huh, hmm, hmm. It, it definitely isn't, I mean, not that I think Sean Baker would want it to be a quote, love at first sight, but I don't think this is even, you're right. I don't think it's trying to present an attraction at first sight. Like he, he is immediately scheming, right? Yeah. Now, what that means, like, does he see people as raw materials and then he'll figure out later what he does with them? I'm not sure. Like his friend uh, Lonnie, is that is that the character's name? Um, that, the, that, that's definitely someone's name. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Lonnie <laughs> is the neighbor that he has driving around. Like, I don't know the moment he sees Lonnie if he knows that this is going to be the guy who he will use to get free rides all over town or what. But he definitely knows me being nice to this guy for a second is going to pay well, dividends later. But, but he does, though, right? Because the car drives by and he goes, huh, that's a cool ride. And he just immediately <laughs> changes direction on the street and walks over to him. And he's like, huh, uh, that's a nice car. Hey, do I know you? <laughs> And it's just like it's so it's so interesting the way like every transaction no matter what he's doing is a transaction of how can it benefit him what can he do with yeah. it how can he manipulate these people to do what he needs um and yeah it, it's weird too because i i think that's one of the things too that separates this from from something like palm trees and power lines is is that in that film the the grossness and creepiness of this guy is all subtext for every interaction they have right um in this film every time he does something skeevy it cuts to him in the car with lonnie just talking about his plans to be, <laughs> to be skeevy. right exactly and, that that is another a thing that is so interesting to me like you would think in a movie and and again in this world, I guess in the real world, 17 is legal in Texas. Um, but you would think a guy who Simon Rex is 47. I don't know how old the character Mikey is supposed to be, but I assume around there. Yeah. Him trying to hook up with a 17 year old cashier at a donut shop would be a thing to keep secret, right? It would yeah. be like a dirty, horrifying thing that if anyone found out, they would view you as a monster but like you said he is excited enthusiastic to tell this kid about it and present it in a way that will make it sound cool like and then he's going to get that reinforcement from lonnie because lonnie's going to be like oh fuck yeah man wow fuck yeah yeah that's amazing dude <laughs> freaking lonnie <laughs> it's all that, like that's the thing what, what really gets me about the character of mikey is he's like he's the classic like medium talent like he he was a big fish in this tiny pond right where him and lexi were the hot, you know hot shit and it he sprinkles in in his story to lonnie i'm pretty sure he convinced lexi to become a porn star the same way he's trying to do with strawberry too like he basically ruined her life um well it, it, i i first of all i don't 
I don't know if I can ever believe anything that 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 he says, right? Like I never know mm-hmm. whether what he's telling is trying. What he is saying to people is a true story or just him, like you know, spitballing. Uh, but I feel like he also talks so fast that it's hard to always follow his train, his random like spur top of his head kind of thing. Yeah. But I almost I I because he I I thought I didn't know that he got her into it. I thought he met her doing it. And then they got married, but then she like leaves him for another guy in the biz. Like I, I, I mean, I, I, it would make sense that he, you know, found her, recruited her, but. Well, yeah, I think I, they were high schoolers together and okay. they were dating in high school. And because she was like, she, cause he, he was saying she like sucked his toes or she did something <laughs> that just like strawberry made him made him immediately just know that she would want to do a three-way and that she would want to do scenes and stuff like that like he goes on this spiel that in hindsight i feel like he this like black hole of icky charisma that he had just like in that kind of tiny pond where nothing ever happens where like lonnie can look up to you because you were so cool because you were like whatever you hooked up with a girl at a party um he like he takes all that and manipulates people and then in the real world of hollywood he was you know medium fish like he got he got some awards but as everyone points out he's like the recipient of a blowjob you know it's hard to really say that he was like amazingly talented in that yeah and ever since then it seems like his whole lifestyle is he needs to make the pond small enough for him to be cool again so like how do you shrink the pond you shrink the pond by the younger neighbor kid you tell him all about your salacious things and then he has to just be into it or you hit on a 17 year old at a donut shop right and impress her and the the reason i'm going on this tangent is the scene where he talks to strawberry's former boyfriend and tells her like google my name right now you don't have a chance with her look at what i've done like the patheticness of that and how much he thinks he's cool and how much the kid probably also is like pulled into the gravity of this like medium fish in a tiny pond it's just oh it's all just just so horribly cringy (laughs) he just goes and posts all the videos on her facebook yeah but yeah it, it it's it is super interesting it, it, what, one thing that this one thing that kind of surprised me is the fact that th- that that uh strawberry finds out basically what his job is and yeah. is is not deterred at all and the film is is trying to make sure that she like she is 100 percent being manipulated and we are listening to uh simon rex talk about his scheme and how it's going to work and like the steps that he is deploying but she also is given more agency than than just being somebody who is being 100 percent taken advantage of um so yeah. it's like that that sort of surprised me when when that moment of the reveal is not played as a moment of tension it's just like oh yeah i think it's cool or whatever her response is to it um so that was an, an yeah. interesting like that's like the it, it was almost the biggest twist in, in that it was the least twisty twist. Um, mm-hmm. But I also love that that is delivered on the drop of a roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> like she, she suddenly says that she knows and he's like, wait, what do you mean? And then it's just, ah, 
one. You get to see his face emotionally ride that roller coaster as he physically rides the roller coaster. It was good. Yeah. What, 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 what's so interesting in that moment, though, and, and I agree with you, like she's given more, I'll say like agency-ish, right? Like, like she's given more of it, but then we know that this like this aura, like the casting couch effect or whatever is like so strong with him in that moment, especially to like a person in podunk texas who sees this hollywood big shot um but that roller coaster scene too there's this dynamic he has built and we see it with uh the way he deals with his his ex-wife and her mother and like anyone else the way he deals with lonnie when lonnie's stolen valor thing happens where he can turn on a dime right and make the person feel so small and you can see in that moment on the roller coaster how there's a version of this where he could start berating her about like, how could you hold this from me? A relationship is all about honesty. How long were you going to wait before you tell me that? Like, I could just feel the shitty, shitty boyfriend inside of him, how easily he could play someone like that. Like if she took and it negatively, like, he could just rip into her and make it be exactly, like about her yeah. in some way. Yeah. yeah. Like I felt like he had that totally ready to go. Like if she had any negativity at all, he would find a way to make it be like she violated his privacy how could she hide this kind of thing from from him? He thought that, I, d- I don't know, maybe like he just like, there was so much of him. I was just like drawing conclusions that weren't there, but I just felt all of that in the roller coaster of like how easily he could turn it around on her. Yeah. So one, one, one question I have for you, like related to the, the lack of fallout from the roller coaster is why do you think he kept up the illusion of not not wanting to go back to his like fancy house once mm-hmm. she knew i mean i guess he was still trying to play the mr hollywood role yeah even though she now knows that it's not hollywood movies it's also she could have just <laughs> like like what what girl doesn't google the guy that she He's starting to see like I feel like I feel like at some way or another she definitely um, I mean sure maybe uh, (laughs) maybe she's not adding keywords that are like synonyms for penis um, to his search but (laughs) I I think in this world you know because he uses a a fake name Mikey Saber and I forget what his real last name is I don't know in this world if his real last name is not linked to his stage name yeah like it's possible that that was how he was hiding it but he again he's just he gets in his own way so easily because he like brags to her now ex-boyfriend about who he is and here's how you can google me right yeah so he's like not doing a very good job of hiding his intentions In, in terms of the house thing i do think it is the he needs to paint a picture for her the thing that makes her overlook all of his flaws, the fact that he's a fucking 40-something-year-old dude who's hitting on her, all of that goes away or gets hidden by the promise of, like, big shot Hollywood, take you out of this town, just think about what your life could be. And I think, like, if he can't spin his life circumstance in a way that still looks glamorous, then he's afraid that she won't fall for him anymore. And so I think, like, staying at my ex-wife's house staying in this like terrible place just wouldn't i guarantee you if she caught him in the lie he would find a way out of it and be like i didn't tell you because i knew you were going to behave this way blah 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 but he still he doesn't want to have to do that i think yeah but but i also feel that like not not to bring like 
real real life relationship dynamics into uh in, into the story that's very heightened and and not super mm-hmm. necessarily realistic um is that like if he wasn't a porn star right then i could see the like oh why are you staying at your ex-wife's place like what's gonna happen there right like like he is in the story fucking his ex-wife as well but yeah. His job is to have sex with people. So, like, if you're fine with that being his job, then why would you care if he's... Like, it, it feels like that sleeping on her couch is is less... It's a different kind of transactional. It's like, obviously, I'm staying there because I need to, not because I'm trying to hook up with my ex-wife. Because if I had another place to go, I would just go... Like, if he could stay at Strawberry's house, he, he would 100% do that. It's not like he is trying to stay at the other place. So, it, it feels like a weird... I don't know. I just don't understand the game he's trying to play when he's like woven so many other weird spider webs that he can just rest on. Yeah, I really think it's the wealth aspect. Yeah. That like he needs to be the kind of guy who doesn't have to crash on on his ex-wife's couch. And if he were crashing on it, it would be the mansion that he bought for her, not, you know, not this prefab home or whatever it's supposed yeah. to be. And, and and it does it yeah. does make sense because if he is trying to convince her to come to california because he can offer her something she can't have here then like you know if, if he can't offer her a place to stay here then why can't but 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 also yeah. his whole yeah, story she has is to that, know that he has the goods like that he has connections and all that yeah but but his his story is also i'm coming here to take care of my mom who is who has the house like so if he like mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though. He also had, like, thousands of dollars in cash. He could have gone and got a hotel room for them to stay in. And, like, the story right. still works. I can't sleep at my mom's place because of she's sick and blah, 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 blah. So I'm staying at this hotel, which he could literally, because he has no gear or anything with him, he could just be getting the hotel room only for the nights that he's hanging out with her, right? Like, he doesn't need to maintain a residence there. Um, yeah. So it's it's it's... I don't know. It just seems like he's going through a lot of extra trouble to, to try and portray something that is e- easily avoidable. But I guess it's not the image that he's trying to to portray. Yeah, and, and it's an early lie, so he sticks with it. I guess like getting out of the lie just wouldn't be worth it for him. Yeah, like because in the beginning, they haven't. You know, nothing has happened between them yet. The first time she's giving him a ride home. Yeah. So he's still trying to make an impression of like, look how look how fancy I am. And I like, don't even realize it. You know, this is just the home that I bought her. Oh, is it a nice neighborhood? Oh yeah. Nice. <laughs> you, you mentioned staying at her place. Can we talk about how like viscerally uncomfortable it is when she like, he's in the house and she opens the bedroom door and it's like pink, fluffy, it's like, like clearly girls, teenage princess. girls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little, uh, ugh. and but, then, but, but even that, like to me, it was, it was, it was more funny than it was creepy because it's like, it just, it felt the the film is just so weird tonally that it's like, of course she's like a little princess that has like this little, like, I'm surprised her, her bed wasn't like six feet, like off the ground yeah. and she has to like hop on top it. Like, like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. It just it just felt so fucking weird. And then even the like the piano when she's playing for him later and she's doing a cover of Bye 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 and she's singing in this kind of like Billie Eilishy like 
I'm making this a really powerful, meaningful song. Like there's just something so teenage girl about her in that moment, even though it is like a post coital scene with a 47 year old. Ma- there, <laughs> I, I understand what you're saying. It, it's like, it's disturbing and it's also funny. It, it's, it's such a tonally confusing situation, yeah. but it's like, it's very damning. I think like whether you're like, laughing at how horrible it is or you're like cringing it's just like this guy like the the shit that he's pulling i don't know i i just thought that was a nice touch yeah um so you talked about the last 15 minutes um before we jumped into spoilers can you go into a little bit more detail about about what what bothered you there specifically sure well so we can talk about the two big plot twists so a little bit earlier in the movie is the 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 actual swerve uh, where Lonnie is driving. They're in like a heated conversation about, you know, how he is going to, he's going to get Strawberry to come to LA and Hey, who knows, maybe Lonnie can get a connection to, and then he tells him to make a turn and he swerves causes a pile up. Uh, You know, many people are injured and he convinces Lonnie to take the blame for it and not convinces him to take a blame for it in the way of like, come on, do me a solid, but in the like, no, I mean, you are the only one to blame. What are you talking about? Of course you have to take the blame for it. Um, That all heightened the stakes a lot. And I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was great. I thought it fit totally with the character. Zero complaint about that whole arc. Um, Toward the very end. (laughs) There's real fast. There there is. One of my favorite scenes is when, so, so he's already yelled at Lonnie. He's like, you don't know me. We've never met. We've never hung out. You did this. You're a fuck up, blah, 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 blah. And then he's stressing out for like about 24 hours until like Lonnie gets arrested. Lonnie's people, (laughs) Lonnie's lawyer releases a statement that's like, I have made bad choices in my life. And he goes out and he's just doing this dance, like the, the, like, in any other movie, this is the dance that uh, Strawberry would have done if, like, the quarterback asked her to the prom or something, right? It's a, that yeah. exact, like, fuck yeah, 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 yeah. And he's doing this, and he looks over, and, like, Lonnie's dad is <laughs> just in the next yard, just like, what is this motherfucker celebrating right now? It's an amazing scene. It's so good. Because <laughs> that, that's just how self-absorbed he is. Like, he, like, he can't even consider for a moment that this might be hard for somebody else yeah um so so the second big plot twist is he's been you know selling weed on behalf of the local dealer who is like a it's a family deal basically you know it's a mother and her daughter and her son um he, when he decides he's going to leave for good, he makes the kind of bizarre decision to tell Lexi, his wife, that he's going to be leaving in the morning, uh, t- you know, I, to soothe his own ego. I, I can think of a lot of reasons why his character <laughs> would do just it. just because he wants to be a dick and he wants yep. them to know that he's fucking leaving because he's yep. a piece of shit and he got everything he wants and screw them. That like even the way he structures that though, where he tries to launch into it, like you know, we've just been fighting a lot lately, you know, and I don't want that. You don't want that. We don't like. He has to like keep insisting because of the one plate throwing thing that happened like two weeks yeah. ago that they've just been fighting a lot lately. <laughs> just such a piece of shit. Um, but anyway, the the twist 
he thinks he got away with it. He goes to bed and he's woken up. They've hired or, you know, they've they've alerted basically the dealer family to come over and basically rough him up and take all his money and make him leave without the clothes on his back, you know, leave with nothing. And that part, I love the image of him running away naked. I love how low he is brought and how much his ego still manages to like stay intact after it. But just the the whole thing about like being roughed up by dealers and being sent out and the the vindication of everyone in the house of like, hi, you piece of shit. We got you. We got you. That just didn't feel like it had to happen for the movie to carry the message I wanted that that was the one part to me where it felt cartoonish <laughs> the rest of it for some reason I completely believed and then that felt like a a cartoon where the good guys kind of get what they want like they get to tell the bad guy how bad he is and I, I don't know why I just didn't I, I didn't like that part very much see, see to me to me it feels a little bit like like I can take the way you convinced me about the house to reverse that and say that's how I feel about that, right? Because this is a guy who has fucked over everybody, thinks he got away with it, and even goes to sleep. Like he like he like lets this it's like the last thing he has to deal with, right? He could just ghost his wife in the morning and be gone and he has everything, mm-hmm. right? He has the girl who's gonna help relaunch his career. Um, it's gonna be awesome. He's gonna get everything he wants. He's gonna be a star again. He's gonna she's gonna win three years of the adult film uh awards and he's gonna win awards and like everything's gonna be amazing right all he has to do is wake up get a car and come see her that's all he (laughs) has to do in that moment he like sets everything on fire and goes all right nothing's collapsing i think we're good and he goes he like gets in bed and he's kind of like did I, did I just do it? And he puts his hands behind his head and he goes to sleep yeah. and then everything comes crashing down in that instance. Can, can we even talk about the hubris after that conversation for him to take the bed? Yeah. <laughs> I know. And here's the thing too is he, he could have said, hey, I, I know like, like we were fighting. I know I'm helping out, but I, I know it's not fair to you. I, I'm just going to get a different place, right? Um, mm-hmm. He's like, there's a place down the street. I can just get that. I'll still help out. Like he could... He could even lie just to explain why he's not going to be there and it would be fine, mm-hmm. right? Like it wouldn't be fine in the morning for the family, but like he just wants everyone to know he's fucking out of there. He's, he's so much better than everybody else in this town. He, he like wants everybody to know he's gotten one over. So it's like to me, he needs to be like knocked down a lot of pegs. Um, he does. And all of this is happening but all he really cares about is like, I need to get a car. I need to pick up strawberry. We need to drive to California. If I can't do that, like if I can have, if I can get $200 from that $3,000, maybe that's enough for me to get a car and get us to California and everything will be fine. Cause as soon as we get there, you know, we're just going to shoot a scene and then we'll have a couple thousand dollars and then we're shooting another scene. And we have a couple thousand, like everything only hinges on, can I get out of this place? And can I just get to the place I need to go and everything will be well. And all of that is threatened by just this. In a, it, like in any other movie, this would be life threatening in this moment. But for him, it's mm-hmm. just plan threatening and his perfect yeah. house of cards is starting to fall. And like, I, to me, that feels completely 
exactly where that character needed to be otherwise this movie would go on for two more hours right like like this is exactly what needs to happen for us to like start to wrap up the story um but then the thing that i tease is sean baker does his i'm gonna have an ending that can only be like in somebody's imagination and not actually what is transpiring here so what does that mean did they find him and catch up with them did he just decide fuck it she's not gonna want to go to california with me now and just ghost her too like what i have no idea and I, I guess it's trying to leave it open to your imagination, but does he just go to the next town over and start the whole process again and start looking at donut shops? Yeah. <laughs> like, like what is going yeah, on? I mean, I, I don't know how much, cause the, the drug dealer kind of makes a point of saying $200 is enough for you to get a bus to California. It's not obvious if it's enough for him to get two tickets to california oh yeah yeah so i mean, I mean he I has to sure he has either. to show up with a car right he can't be like let's yeah. go to california hop on this bus with me she'll be like bus i thought you were hollywood right like he needs he needs to have a car either way so yeah i, I don't remember the dollars he was saying but um in covid times yeah 200 dollars isn't enough to rent a car but uh because <laughs> well, i think the conversation he has with her the day before is like i'll have a car pick you up it'll take us to the bus depot and we'll get a greyhound i i feel like which is weird because it goes against his flashy i'm rich aesthetic but i've i feel like he had primed her for a little bit of that so it it makes me really not know what is going to happen but for sure like florida project it is a moment of wish fulfillment you know of him seeing the like glossy perfect thing that he wants to happen um and then Bye 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 is playing backwards, I think, while that happens, which I don't even know what it means. It's like a reversed goodbye. So it's a hello. I don't, hello, hello. I don't know. <laughs> or he's just leaving in the opposite manner as he came because it, it opens with it. I'm, I'm not even sure, but yeah, it was a nice touch. Sean Baker can do that for every movie. That's cool with me. Yeah, it's just, it's just like this is his thing. It's like... Mm-hmm. I definitely was like, man, what is it with these endings? But besides that, I really, that's been my complaint. That was my complaint about Florida Project too. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, but in general, I, I really enjoyed this film. Yep. Same. I think I knew I was completely into this movie when Mikey first, like the beginning of the movie, he shows up at Lexi's house she won't even let him inside. She doesn't want to see him. She hates him. He needs to get sent on his way. And then in in a normal movie like this, he would go and be in a hotel and then he would have to do something to slowly win their favor. But in this movie, he just kind of forces by verbal diarrhea his way inside. And then within like, you know, he showers and then within a few minutes, he is like yelling from the kitchen to the mother about like bottom bitches and the way the house became a trap house because it's good for nothing, blah, 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 blah. Just like the horror of having this guy in your home, like your daughter <laughs> is married to this guy and you have to put up with him. What, what, it just, I was like, all right, I like this movie. <laughs> one of my favorite parts about the intro to this character is just that he uses her leg razor. <laughs> just while he's oh, like, yeah. I need to yeah, take a know, shower, and he just does a full on, full on shave with it. Like, like didn't say like, like he didn't even do the thing that you would expect that character to do, which is while shaving, say, is it cool if I use your razor or something like that? He just, mm-hmm. he just does it where he's gonna come yeah. out super clean shaven, and they're just gonna be like, where'd you get a fucking razor from? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I clocked that too. Like, what a dick. <laughs> that was so good. But yeah, I, I think, I think for me. 
you know, at, at first it was a little weird because like the, the camera is going from being in the conversation to being like on the street. And yeah. it feels like when you're on the street, you're you're hearing it from on the street. So it's like far away. So I was like, what's going on? But once he like, once she says that she's going to call the cops and he runs to be on the street, I, I was like, yep. you cheeky bastard. <laughs> I could tell this is going to be a fun movie. And he's just so assertive. He's like, technically, I'm not on your property anymore. So you can't call a trespasser. He's just always right. He yeah, always he's like, thinks he's you want right. $22 here. I can't hand it to you though. Cause then I'd be on your property. You just go. <laughs> it's good. And even just how quickly he turns, like he thinks he's all hot shit because he's spending $6 and 50 cents or whatever to get them like whatever donuts they want. And then because he has a plan with strawberry, suddenly he's like hurrying them and he couldn't be bothered to even pretend to be nice to them for a few minutes. It, uh, yeah, just a full, a full piece of shit character just beginning <laughs> to end. I think one of my other favorite moments is when he, <laughs> he lets the construction workers go ahead of the line from him. And they just mm -hmm. keep coming in and he's slowly realizing that like, oh, it's just going to be all the construction workers. I'm, I need to leave. Yeah. It was good times. But anyways, besides loving every random scene of this film, uh, was there any last topics that we needed to hit? No, I think, I think we did it. Cool. Well, there it is. That was Red Rocket. Red Rocket spoilers. Um, so... Everybody should check out this film and uh, hope you enjoy. Bye. Right, bye.